The following is a live broadcast of a Lone Star Community Radio program. Recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Connors FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com slash donate. Or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and... 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday afternoon, July 5th. This is Lone Star Community Radio in downtown Conroe, Conroe Culture News. I am your host, Margie Taylor, Taylor Eyes PR, FM 104.5, 106.1. And this is uh, live streaming on IRLoneStar.com. And you can go to Conroe Culture News on Facebook and you can ask some questions and we will answer those at the last half of the show today. So I am honored to have two wonderful people sitting across from me, socially distanced, of course, Lorena Perez. Miguel, she's a candidate for Texas State Representative, District 15. And also I have Steve Toth. He is the elected state representative for District 15. So we are talking about COVID today and because what else is there right now? Um, <laughs> exactly. And how that all relates to everything we have going on, health issues, masks, no masks, all of that. Um, everything, everything. And uh, keep it nice, keep it clean. <laughs> and uh, this is sponsored by Roger Stein Chiropractic, and she is located at 3033 West Davis by Conroe High School. If you're a new patient, you can follow her on Facebook to see how she's giving back to CASA with every new patient. $25 for your visit, and it goes back to CASA. Early voting continues this week, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., and then it goes dark for a while and comes back on Tuesday of next week. That's July 14th, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And at that time, you will be required to go to your local voting uh, precinct booth. Right now, you can go to any six, seven polling places. Six? I'm thinking there's six. Yeah, countywide. Yeah. Okay, you can go to anyone, wherever you work, wherever you are. Uh, There's two in the Woodlands. There's uh, Magnolia, I think there's two, Montgomery, Willis, and uh, right here in downtown Conroe as well. Oh, and East County, too. If you you want to hop over to East County, you can go vote over there. So who's in the runoffs right now is Constable Precinct 2, Gene DeForest against Daniel Pena, Vince Santini, Eric Yalek for the 457th District, Judge and Scott Goldman and Jay Wright, Chief Justice of the Ninth District Court of Appeals in 10 counties. Can you imagine having to go to 10 counties, Steve? I can. I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> It'll so, wear you out. Um, a few things that are going on across the way here in downtown Conroe. Conroe Central Market will have their second monthly sidewalk sale this Saturday from 10 to 3. 
And uh, if you want to see some other interesting merchandise, they have antiques in there. They're in the old J.C. Penney building on the corner of Simonton and Thompson. And then Mimi's on Main has a lot of fun stuff in there as well. Amazing furniture. They've got a lot of sales going on. And the Conroe Art League is just down the street with their gallery. They're open Tuesday through Saturdays, 1030 to 530. And they normally have a uh, first Saturday of the month annual uh, monthly little um, new show for their artists uh, reception. And they are not doing that right now. But if you go in and look at their exhibits, you vote on the one you like best. And the winning artist gets awarded $400. So that's a really cool thing to go in there. I mean, these are all local artists. And they have all kinds of beautiful art pieces. And they also have workshops and classes that you can go to for July. And one of them is kind of cool. It's a mixed media of doing whimsical animals. (laughs) Something different. You know, if you're looking for something different to do. So and they normally have kids' classes as well, but those aren't going to start until September, I believe. So if you don't know, this is a music-friendly city, as destined by Austin. So there will be live music almost every single night in downtown Conroe. Beautiful. So cool. with that, let's get into it. So again, we have uh, Lorena Miguel Perez, and she's a candidate for the Texas State Representative District 15 in November. And you can go to LorenaForTexas.com to find her and also on Facebook. And then we have Steve Toth, who is our elected state representative for District 15. You can go to SteveTothForTexas.com. Is that correct, Steve? Yep, that'll work. To find, and then he also has a Facebook page. So COVID. Haha. <laughs> Ha ha, not. <laughs> yeah. I'm laughing so I don't cry. I, I know. So, you know, when this first started, back, I want to say in February, started hearing rumors of it, and I do a lot of events, and I go, oh, the events are going to cancel. I said, do you really think that's true? Do you really think it's such a big deal? And sure enough, it was, because come March, things rapidly yeah. changed. In I February, Dr. F- yeah, in, doc- in February, in fact, Dr. Fauci was saying, no big deal, nothing to worry about, full steam ahead. And how wrong um, everyone initially or subsequently found uh, uh, turned out to be. Absolutely. And not only that, but things change still Yeah, all the time. I mean, yep. everything, what we know, because nobody knew really anything. I, I was on a, on a flight to Oklahoma on Friday with, with three doctors. And it was cool to just sit back and kind of suck it all up and listen to these guys talk about it. And it's they're amazed at how much they've come to know about it so quickly, yet even still, it's an enigma wrapped in a question mark surrounded by a conundrum. It's just there's so much that's still not known about it. Yeah, And I think that was in part what was happening in February. You know, we have Dr. Fauci <clears throat> saying, just leave the masks for those who need it the most. You know, just have them wear the masks because we, we were not prepared. That's what was happening. And our president in the meantime was saying, it's no big deal. Come the spring or come the summer, it's going to be gone. It's just one. It's just 12. It's just, and ah, I was actually. And we'll in, be open uh, by Easter. That's what he had said. First he had said Easter. Then he said the summer. I remember because I was in, uh, in Louisiana in uh, March. I was at a hearing, um, a uh, a hearing on the merits, and the uh, place where I was at the hearing, they were just doing Clorox like every half hour, and the stench of Clorox, you know how it is. I mean, you stop breathing and still it kind of like penetrates. 
And I'm like, what's going on? I was not paying as close attention to the news because I was in the middle of my hearing. And then when I finally went back to the hotel, I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> I need to get back to Texas, you know, before it's too late. Yeah, you were in Louisiana. Louisiana. I was in Louisiana. Oh yeah, and they closed and off three, Louisiana. Well, that that was such a hot spot because oh, it was. The, because yeah. one of the b- big things is Mardi Gras, right? And so they took zero. Nobody pre- paid attention. They took zero precautions. Because yeah, nobody believed it was really true. So what was the date of that, Lorena? When that were you there? I, my hearing was actually on on March eighth, March the eighth. Yeah. So Texas and, at that yeah. time was already starting to take it really seriously. <laughs> yeah. So. We're in the we're even that early on. We're we're closing schools. Mm-hmm. We're encouraging large events not to take place, That's and right. so right. the Woodlands uh, venues, the Marriott, and so on and so forth, they canceled all their big events. Churches by that time were already starting to not meet on Sunday. So I think that's to the that's the credit of Texans that they took this thing really seriously very quickly. Some Texans. Well, I remember well, I, I the, think, when I the think, Houston rodeo was closed, seemed to be I think most the Texans, instigator. I think I think <laughs> yeah. most Texans took it very seriously, as opposed to New York, which oh, New York yeah. a week later, they were still their schools were still open. You still had the governor in New York saying, "Go to Chinatown, take in a show at Broadway," um, which was stupid. It was foolish. And that's how we end up just doing, you know, whatever uh, remedies at the end instead of precaution at the beginning. So, but then it seemed like everything was getting better, right? Right. Because everything was closed. Downtown here was a ghost town. Everywhere you go, I mean, all over the country, which is kind of overwhelming when you think about that. Right. Not only our country, but every country. I mean, imagine going to the strip in Las Vegas and there's nobody on the street. Right. There's nothing going on. So everything's closed down and we like peek out. Is it okay to come out? And what happens? Well, More what, people get sick. What happens? Seems like. I think is that it was not gone. And nobody paid attention to the doctors when they were saying... It was just in the closet. It wasn't gone. We we need to watch for for the curve to flatten and to remain flattened long. And then do you remember that a lot of people took their arms and just went to our Capitol building, went to different other um, uh, buildings just protesting and saying, reopen, reopen. Well, it did hurt the economy. A lot when businesses are closed. You're I mean, telling the, me I'm a small business person. So. The small businesses here in downtown Conroe, these are entrepreneurs. Yeah. This isn't like any other area in Montgomery County right yeah. here, right here in this little strip. It's old historic buildings. You know, Montgomery has some of that similar, but these are all individual people. And they weren't open a month. I think it was a month, wasn't it? Something like that? You're going to, even the Texas, even the Texas Restaurant Association is now saying that 35 to 40% of the restaurants across the state of Texas are going to go bankrupt. Yeah. And here's where I think the government, and and, um, I'm going to say this as nonpartisanly as I can, this is where Republicans and Democrats should come together and just say, you know, I was wrong. I made a mistake. Because I think rather than appealing to the better angels, to our better angels, we tried fear and intimidation. And fear and intimidation only lasts for so long, and then people just throw it off. In fact, there's a proverb that says, where there is no vision, people are unrestrained. And uh, all we did was focus on how scary COVID-19 was. In fact, we were told uh, early March 
by the, the Texas Medical Center, and they relayed this to Montgomery County Hospital, um, uh, uh, hospital Board members, specifically Chris Grice. I got a call from Chris Grice and Brad Spratt, and they said, Steve, this is going to be really bad. By April 24th, we're going to have 100,000 cases. And we're, from that point forward, and keep in mind, we had already closed the schools. Churches were no longer meeting. There were no large gatherings mm-hmm. held anymore. Churches, if they were meeting, um, were very sparse. People just weren't going. Hospitals at that point, if you talk to any restaurant owner, they'll say that they were down below 25%. Um, it was, it, they weren't putting social distancing in place. It was just happening by virtue of the fact that people were afraid to go out. Mm-hmm. So you had, in effect, um, a shutdown even before the government ordered it. Yet we had the government saying 100,000 cases by April 24th, growing at 20,000 a day. Well, 15 to 20,000 people in Montgomery County in hospitals will have thousands that will perish from this, right? And so this was the flawed IHME modeling that we were getting. Um, and we bought into it hook, line, and sinker. And when it didn't happen, people were angry. Um, I think that what we should have done is we should have said, look, we flattened the curve. Thank you. You're responsible for doing this. Let's continue to do the responsible things necessary to take care of our, our neighbor. Um, I love the way Paul, Paul Gabalas put it. He said, Paul said, he said, I wear a cross to show my love for Christ. But he said, I'll wear a mask if, that's what it, if, if it makes you feel comfortable and it shows my respect and love for you as my, my f- fellow citizen. And again, I think if we'd appealed to people's better angels, I don't think we'd be in the mess that we're in right now. I really don't. See, and I I digress. I I do not agree with what you're saying because I think that mostly it was prevention. It was everybody just being cautious about, you know, the unknown. And quite frankly, we are dealing still to this day with the unknown. This is a pandemic where nobody, and you had just said it before we went in the air, where the doctors themselves are still scratching their heads and trying to figure out, you know, what it is, what, what it does, and what is it that they're going to do in order to offer us some avenue so that we can prevent it, or at least we can be, do palliative um, measures to, to make it lessen. Well, so here's, what, here's some of the things that they talked about, and I know this is anecdotal, right? Because mm-hmm. I've only heard it from three doctors. I've heard it from more than that, but... Um, the question is going to be in this. We were told 15 days, 14 days. Wasn't it 14 days? I'm looking at my chief of staff. It was 14 <laughs> days, two weeks to flatten the curve. That's, mm-hmm. that's the message that they gave to us. We heard from Dr. John Hellerstead that said there are two types of people in Texas, those that have COVID, those that will get COVID, because um, it is a novel virus. We don't have any means by which we don't have prophylactics. There's no background. There's no vaccine. There's nothing. Um, yeah. And so you're going to be infected with it at some point. And the only the only way that you stop that is it reaches herd immunity at 60 to 70 percent, or vaccine, or we have a vaccine. One of those two. But one of the things that these doctors were telling me, and it's something that Dr. Tom Oliverson told me um, two months ago, was that. This thing may, in fact, be um, a retrovirus. There may be eight or nine strains of it right now. I know doctors um, in in Pittsburgh have been talking about the fact that this new or later strain of COVID is not as severe as as the earlier strain. So those that come into the hospital are not coming in and experiencing, even those with 
comorbidity issues are not experiencing the same problems that, earlier that they had. And, you know, how much of that is a different strain? How much of that is the fact that in the early days of this thing, they were treating it with water and Tylenol, and that's it. That's all that they were using. Now, today, they've, they've got modalities to treat this, thankfully, mm-hmm. that— that are, um, they're having success treatment. with it. I was reading something over the weekend that said there was a new strain out. That it, whatever. Uh, yeah, I heard that on the ra- yeah I heard that on the radio something. this morning that they're, they they used <laughs> so, the, they used the number of nine different there may be nine different strains. It's all pretty scary. We don't know, but I think that um, people are more respectful, kind of what you said, of others. Yeah. Than they were, even several weeks ago. Or a month ago, or two months ago. Who knew that when we started this beginning of March, here we are in July, that I don't know if it's any better. I I really don't think the whole strain, I think actually more people, like you said, are getting infected. And I think it depends. Nobody knows how bad you're going to get it. But here's the thing to keep in mind. If you look at the the number of cases, it's, it's doing this, right? But the hospitalization rate is not following it. There are more hospitalized by virtue of the fact that more people but are sick. But it's not crazy. But it's not, it's not, the hospitalization rate is not anywhere near what it was uh, two months ago. So mm-hmm. two months ago um, in the height, the height, no, not two months ago. When, when was the, when was the highest number? We had 63 cases. When was that? That was late May, early June. We were, that was the high water mark in Montgomery County of 63 cases. Well, we're down, I think now to 27 cases. Now, that's a lagging indicator. So typically, you get diagnosed, and then, and then you, you wind up in the hospital, if you're going to wind up in the hospital. But if you look at the number of people that are infected and being infected on a daily basis, the hospitalization rate is way down, which that's, that's a positive thing. I mean, all the beds, all hospital beds in Texas, and this is from DSHS, Department of State Health Services, mm-hmm. on Thursday, all hospital beds... In um, in uh, in Texas, fourteen point six percent of them are COVID. ICU beds in Harris County, it's um it's forty three percent, six hundred seventy one out of fifteen hundred fifty nine. So while their numbers have increased fourfold, uh, their 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 ICU beds are only up by about fifty percent, which that's encouraging. So we you don't you have, don't want anybody hospitalized. We only have one hospital here in Montgomery <clears throat> County that takes COVID. I think there are two. Herman, no, uh, St. Uh, Luke's St. Luke's is also taking. St. Luke's is doing so, two. So yeah, so Methodist, um, and this is how you're counted, right? You're counted by where you live, right. not where you're hospitalized, right? So we have Montgomery County people that are hospitalized that are not here in Montgomery County. Mm-hmm. Some of them, if you're at Methodist and you have COVID, unless they've changed things. You, you were treated in Katy, but you weren't counted towards Katy's number. You're counted towards our number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still, Did you know that? Yeah. yeah. Still, the, the point, my point is, instead of preventing it like we could have, here we are. But you can't prevent today. it. And that's one of the things that they, we've been told since day one, which is you've got to flatten the curve. You can't, it's, it's not stoppable. In fact, New York City, and this was a, an a interview that, that um, Governor Cuomo gave in late May, early June, they looked at the last 10,000 cases. 66% of their cases came from people staying at home. And what he was shocked about was the fact that it wasn't transit workers, it wasn't first responders, it wasn't even people in the medical community. 
It was people that stayed at home and they were just shocked by it. Mm-hmm. And what it tells us is that COVID, and this is what doctors told me, was that COVID likes a cool, a cool, dark area. It doesn't like it outside at all. And it's not comfortable there. <laughs> but if you're shut so up go outside. <laughs> if you're shut up and people and people come into your right. home, if if people come into your home that have it, if they're there long enough, eventually you're gonna contract it. Mm-hmm. So but when we look at other countries... That's why flu and the stuff goes on in the winter months when everybody's inside. That, that's it exactly. When you look you know. at other countries that took um, preventative measures, I mean, look at the heads of state of Germany, of, of um, countries like New Zealand, where, you know, right now they have actually slowed it down. And they slowed it down because they took the preventative measures that needed to be taken. And that's my point is it's not fear as much as it is prevention from, from the unknown instead of let's reopen. Because the thing is, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the open and close approach of the, of the economy, I think it was not working very well. It's not working What do you mean? Well. Just so flesh that out, just so I understand you. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is that right now, there are a lot more people infected. Fine. You, you will say that they're not at the hospital, but there are a lot more people infected. And guess what's happening right now? Didn't our governor just issue a mask, uh, mandatory mask um, order. Why did, we, why did we issue it now? Why didn't so, we issue it before? So let me ask you a question. Mm. Hellerstedt and everyone has said, it's not, a, it's not about masks. It's not about social distancing. It's about social distancing and masks, mm-hmm. that the two go hand in hand. Yeah. And yet... Oh, by the way, I've got some. And you can wear them... I've yes, I've got is. I've got my well, you can wear it like this and you will not be advertising. Yeah. I've I've got masks. I've got several. But and, yeah. and so yeah, I can see Steve but, wearing that. But the, <laughs> yeah. You can wear it like this. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Steve. But, but the the point though is that we we had protests in in Houston, right? And there was no social distancing that was going on. In fact, most of the people weren't even wearing masks. And people are like, well, that had nothing to do with the spike Not in COVID people, cases. Experts. Go ahead. Well, um, experts are now saying that, that protests, lack of social distancing, and lack of masks is causing th- this big uptick. And Memorial Day. You, got, you can't leave out Memorial Day, right? People gathered in, in dense proximity. Parties, inside, parties, Inside, inside. Yeah. It's not beaches. It's not going out and tubing. No. Um, that is just well. No, I that's, don't that's agree just, with that. That is just silly. I, I think it's just being close to somebody. But so yeah. to you, you know, know so if you cool. if you it's, if you talk to Joe Gamaldi, who's the president of the Houston Police, uh, I'm sorry, Houston Police, yeah, HPD union head, president of it, Joe said our cases among members, HPD members, has risen three hundred percent since the protests. Um, it, which is just out, it's crazy. And now we're hearing huge numbers too, big spike in first responders from um, uh, uh, paramedics. Well, oh, with first responders, they're saying that it's because it's taking so long to have them registered, so they have to wait with the patients that are need, needing to be admitted. That's what I read. Well, I n- n- it's, it's people that were involved in the, I mean, our, our first responders have incredible PPEs. I mean, it's just, there is no issue with getting them in, in yeah. PPEs. And yeah. they're, they're doing all the right OSHA steps necessary, even from the way they put their gloves on and take them off to the way they put masks on, take them off, wear isolation, level three, class one and two isolation gowns. That's not the problem. The problem is that when you put massive numbers of people together 
in, in just elbow-to-elbow proximity without taking any precautions. Breathing you're going, the air. You're going, to, you're going to have spread. Yeah. You're just going to. And, mm-hmm. the, you know, yeah. I, I think it's, it's appropriate to say massive protests where people are screaming at each other without masks and are elbow-to-elbow that we're going to have spread. It's, an, it's inevitable. Yeah, both the ones to reopen and the ones probably um, about uh, police violence and brutality and, and racism. I guess. Well, let's talk about that, too. But I think what we're going to do is take a quick break and regroup and come right back. You bet. Sound good? Yes, ma'am. I'm Margie Taylor, and we will be right back with Steve Toth and Lorena Perez. Since 2004, Roger Stein Chiropractic has offered spine and joint manipulation services to residents of Montgomery County and surrounding areas. Conditions treated include lower back pain, migraines, headaches, whiplash, carpal tunnel, neck pain, sciatica, joint pain, sports injuries, herniated discs, and complications from pregnancy. Roger Stein Chiropractic, led by Dr. Stacy Rogers and Dr. Brian McGee, is an integrity-verified chiropractic clinic. Call 936-441-9990 for an appointment or visit rogerssteinchiropractic.com. That's R-O-D-G-E-R-S-S-T-E-I-N, chiropractic.com. Health Center Southeast Texas is a federally qualified health center. We accept Medicare, Medicaid, and most major private insurances. For our self-pay patients, we have a sliding scale discount program available. Our health centers have qualified providers and staff striving every day to provide the best quality of care to our patients. Services offered are family medicine, behavioral health services, telepsychiatry, and pediatrics. We have four area locations. Look at the Health Center Southeast Texas online at hcset.com. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, Check out the Ticket Stub podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio, broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. And we are back. I am Margie Taylor of Taylor Ice PR. This is Facebook Live on Conroe Culture News, and you can live stream it, IRLoneStar.com. There will be a YouTube link that will be posted later on, uh, probably tonight, something like that. I'm here with our state representative, Steve Toth, and Lorena Perez, who is a candidate for the Texas State Representative District 15. 15. 15. So tell me about where that district is. I mean, I know it's in the woodlands. What are, what are the boundaries? 
You want to do it? You can do it. Okay, so <laughs> if you if you take a northern boundary boundary of 1488, <clears throat> and you go about two miles, three miles north of that, and then you all, go all the way down to Harris County, the river, <clears throat> those are your north-south boundaries. East-west is 2978 in the west, and then east it goes across 45 into Imperial Oaks, Oak Ridge, um, uh, Shenandoah on the west side, obviously, Oak Ridge North, um, and then all the way down to Bender's Landing, Harper's Landing as well. I've got more of a uh, delimitation by, by the water. You know, it's like everything south of the West Fork of the San Jacinto River and Lake Creek, and everything east of 2978 and north of um, Spring Creek. Yep. Water, water, <coughs> twenty nine seventy. But it, it's primarily woodlands, isn't it? Or it's yeah. also east. It's, it's also east of so it's Oak yeah, Ridge so, North and it's yeah. the east side. It's, so it's part of precinct two uh precinct four. Two, four. Four, yeah. four, two and three. Yeah, so overlap. Yeah. yeah. Um okay, so we're talking about COVID and you know, testing too. There there seems to be more testing sites, is that correct? Yes. I don't know. Yeah, so so as an example the governor's goal was to get up to 30,000 tests a day. Uh, when things slowed down and there weren't cases, uh, a lot of, the, you know, this is before Memorial Day and, and post-Memorial Day. They had more bandwidth than they had um, uh, need. And so, but those, those sites still stayed open. But now, um, as a state, we're doing upwards of 53,000 tests a day. So it's or no, that's not right. It's thirty. Is it thirty-three thousand? Because the high was twenty thousand. Now we're doing like and this is in the entire state of Texas. Entire state. I'll find out for you. But so the, the nice thing too is that um, y you know, a lot of these freestanding ERs will do it for you. Walmart will do it for you. But as you as you mentioned, you've got to call ahead. Yeah, you have to call ahead. So there isn't there any place you can just drop in and get a test in Montgomery County. Not in my experience. Unless it, you went to Miss Rita's, you know, when, when she was doing it. But well, it was that was only two days. When was that? May? Yeah, that was in May. Yeah, <laughs> Seems like May. a long time ago. So, right? but, but during the same, <laughs> so, but, yeah. but within a week of that, too, though, there's a time when, for the better part of three weeks, my son did it. My son, um, uh, he was hanging out with some kids uh, at church uh, playing volleyball, and one of the kids came up positive for COVID. And so he went out and got tested and called Walmart and got tested that day and Lucky him. In and out. Not lucky him. Where do they do it at Walmart? I mean, do they don't have like a, a ready clinic? No, they, they do like a drive through is what I understand. But when I called, um, they said they that, were Yeah, that, were that was that was that was five weeks ago. Yeah. Right. So they were closed. They, they uh, were not doing but the weekend. But there's more now, right? Yeah. yeah. They were not doing the weekend. Um, today and tomorrow, I know that they're full. There are capacity. So yeah. the problem is the time it takes to get tests back. Sometimes it takes like a week or it, longer. Yeah, so like test the back. Walmart was doing the yeah. rapid test, and you would, you got your you got your results in fifteen minutes. Yeah. Is 15 it as efficient minutes. as like what you and I took that nasal that, thing? That, that's what they're doing. Oh, that's what they're doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the rapid test is also that kind of swab, but what they're saying is that it's only seventy percent accurate. Well, and then if you give Still blood right now, oh yeah, they are to get the antigen. They uh, are uh, well. Yeah. I don't know if it's antigen. Is that the right word? Antibody. Antibody. There you oh, go. Like, I Thank knew you. that one didn't sound right. Yeah. Uh, so if you give blood right now, and I did that a week ago, yeah. they are testing to see if you have the antibody. It's a Good. seroprevalence test, yes. Yeah. Yes. Good. Meaning you could have had it or... Could have had it. Have it. Right. Yeah. Possibly. Could have had it or yeah. you're in the presence of building up 
You have um, those cells hanging yeah. out. An antibody you. for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that's good to know or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> Donate blood. Yeah, I did that. So um, what is school going to look like? <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. I hope that they do reopen. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, then that's... again, I hope that they do reopen. That's, that's a you have a daughter in school? I have a daughter in high school, and I have a son in uh, uh, elementary school. Yes. Yes, ma'am. So among young kids, little kids, that's not where the spread is happening. And so kids don't shed it the way adults shed it to infect other people, and that's study after study is showing that. But I think there's so much pressure being put on the schools not to open. And again, this is, look, I think we Steve. need to... Grown-ups teach, ch- teach children. I wish that the ki- it was only kids in the schools, but what about the, you know... The, but, the, but again, the point, the point is that, again, is that kids... Don't you worry about kids, the teachers? I do worry about the teachers. <laughs> the admins? Absolutely. So um, kids don't shed it the way adults shed it. Yeah. And, and teachers can still need to uh, take precautions. I, I think if we got creative and realize the fact that we're no longer an agrarian-based um, economy like we were, you know, 200 years ago, that maybe we start doing the school thing the way Europe does it. <clears throat> and you stagger, instead of take kids taking off for three months and then forgetting everything that they just learned, maybe you do more, maybe you take off for a month in the summer and a, mm-hmm. and a month and a half in the winter and, a, and two, three weeks in the spring so that kids stay sharp Teachers stay sharp. Mm-hmm. They they stay well rested. They do instead of burning more them out. Round. And then we then breaks. we put the final dagger in the heart of state of Texas assessment of academic readiness. Star, it's got to go away. Thank you. Yay! An agreement here. <laughs> no, I mean I, I so oh, no, I I call them. Yeah, no, I, I also like that idea. I of, called Kevin Brady yeah. when when they announced that um, we, we initially CIC was saying we're going to be closed for a week, right? And it was starting to look like it was going to be longer than that. And I put a call into Kevin Brady's office, and I said, why can't can, – can the chairman call Beverly DeVos and see if we can get a waiver in the state of Texas? And thankfully, um, he was like, God, that would be wonderful. And he started working with her, and, and uh, she went to the president. And um, I think this – I don't mean to get into another subject, but No Child Left Behind and Every Child Succeed, Every Student Succeeds Act is mm-hmm. is, a, is a mess, and the the biggest part of that mess is high stakes testing. It just needs to go away, and so one so of the Betsy things. Betsy DeVos is working on it. That would be wonderful. But then yeah, again, I know no, we're I mean about she's she, she's been so we're we're pushing no, we're now. Still related to COVID. Yeah, we're pushing now. We're, we're pushing relevant. for now is to yeah. do away with it. At the very least, to do away with it next year yeah. nationwide, but. The, the deal, though, is that for education, the only way that our local schools are going to continue to get federal tax dollars are tax dollars. I hate calling them federal dollars. I mean, it, <laughs> all these taxes come out of the same wallet and pocket, right? Right. Um, but I'd like to see them come back here without the stipulation that we have to do high-stakes testing. And so we, we, you can run for office and say, I'm going to do away with high-stakes testing. But until the federal level does away with it, there's always a minimum amount that a threshold that Texas has to meet in order to get rid of this stupid state of Texas assessment of academic readiness. Star. So the schools are sitting here wondering what they're going to do. I mean, superintendents, the teachers, and, you know, all of them 
then you have the parents too, not knowing what's going on. But it starts at the top, and right. they should be getting ready now for school starting in August. We we should do some distance learning. And we should do some distance learning. The the uh, CISD is buying laptops that they can loan to the kids that don't have them. One of the things that we need to do in this county is push so that there are areas like Tamina that don't have that don't have uh, um, Wi-Fi. We need to push it so that AT&T and Verizon um, get on it, uh, uh, yeah. get on it, and do that for them. And so that's one of the things that we're working on right now, is to, um, so that there's some underserved areas where the the kids can we can do a hybrid. You know, some you're doing you do some of it online, you do some of it in the classroom. That's right. Which will make smaller classroom sizes. Yeah. And that's part of the problem. I mean, my daughter was reading to me. Uh, there was in the news last week that one, one out of every 10 students disengaged after COVID-19. And it's like, well, you have to look like from the, the point of whether or not that student had enough nourishment, you know, to even focus. Uh, and whether or not they had, you know, they didn't have computers, they didn't have internet, probably. How do that, how do you expect people to not disengage if they don't have the needed, you know? Um, it tools? happened too fast. They weren't able it, to prepare. You yeah. know, and you're right. If, if mm -hmm. the kids can't eat, yeah. which I know there's been a lot of programs, mm -hmm. CISD, one of them, yeah. where right. they provided the meals. There's been a lot of food drives, CISD food is still banks, they, CAC, and they, all of that. Yeah, and they still are, which is really cool. Yeah. No, no I wonderful. I agree. Having I used to work at the food bank too years ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I I get it, yeah. and uh, yeah. that is very important. If you you don't really care if you're hungry, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, but they do need the equipment. They need the internet, and yeah. just like you Steve know, was that's, saying, yeah, let's let's just bring. But them I think the they right also tools. need engagement. You can't just expect kids to learn on their own. Well, all I mean, the time. You, you've got to have need to be engaged. Yeah, you've got to. I mean, there's got to be a there. There has to be a parent or grandparent in the home that that. Is holding that kid accountable, right? I, I had a, I had a mentor in high school. His name was Marty Keating, and Marty was this six foot four swim coach. And I used to work out with a swimmer. I was a wrestler, but um, I said, I said to him, Coach, why, why are you so hard on the kids? And he said, Steve. Um, he actually called me Steven. He said, Steven, <laughs> if, uh, kids are kids, and if you turn your back, they're going to screw up. And um, that's why we have to train them and teach them how to be good, responsible adults. And it's it's whether it's whether it's coaching athletics so or it's valuable. or it's or it's just you, you know your 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 studies. You've got to have somebody there that's you know helping you manage. That's right. And where time. did you go to school, Steve? That was upstate New York and at Pittsford, Pittsford Menden. Oh. And Lorena, where are you from? Dominican Republic. Yep. That's where I went to school. Okay. Can I take this call from my wife? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, love you. Can't call. Can't talk to you right now. You can if you want to. No, that's all right. up to you. Um, okay. Let's just hope our spouses are listening. So let's take another quick break, and we'll come back with some things we want to talk about to wrap it all up. Sounds Tie good. It together. Sounds yes, good. Yeah. Okay. And we'll be right back. Is there someone you know who is hooked on vintage aircraft? Follow the commemorative Air Force and its fleet of World War II planes, including the mighty B-17 Flying Fortress Texas Raiders, which is based in Conroe, Texas. Texas Raiders tours locally and all around the United States, offering the public a chance to put their hands on aviation history. What could be a more perfect gift 
than a flight on a historic B-17. Taking to the sky on the iconic bomber is an experience that will never be forgotten. For the touring schedule, reservations, or more information, go to b17texasraiders.org or call 855-FLY-A-B-17. Since 2004, Roger Stein Chiropractic has offered spine and joint manipulation services to residents of Montgomery County and surrounding areas. Conditions treated include lower back pain, migraines, headaches, whiplash, carpal tunnel, neck pain, sciatica, joint pain, sports injuries, herniated discs, and complications from pregnancy. Roger Stein Chiropractic, led by Dr. Stacy Rogers and Dr. Brian McGee, is an integrity-verified chiropractic clinic. Call 936-441-9990 for an appointment or visit rogersteinchiropractic.com. That's R-O-D-G-E-R-S-S-T-E-I-N, chiropractic.com. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension Programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at 1 o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. Okay, and we are back for our last segment. Thank you for listening today, all of you that are hearing us talk about COVID, testing, all of that. Uh, so there was one question that I will pose to Steve. The Republican convention in Houston. What do you think about that? Are you going to go? Are you going to wear a mask? If, if we do, a, if we do a, um, a convention, that's a big if right now. What where is that at right now? I mean, where, what's the So, yeah, that? so they, they held a, um, a virtual meeting of the SRECs, State Republican Executive mm-hmm. Committee members, and they decided to let the SRECs decide this for themselves. And I, I didn't stay up. I guess it went kind of late. Um, Trent listened to it, but um, I, I guess they voted, <laughs> two-thirds voted to continue to have the convention. And so um, my, my guess is that it, it, they're going to put some um, – real good safeguards in place to protect people, uh, um, hand-washing stations, masks, all sorts of things, that, and they're going to require it probably, so of everyone that's there. And uh, that's my guess. I, I mean, I, I, I can't tell you what specifically— Do you plan on attending? I, yeah, absolutely. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So well, are you afraid at all of getting ill I, look, by going? 
um, I've, I've said this early on, and I said this when I interviewed Dr. Hellerstedt. I said it when um, I was doing videos on how to make hand-washing stuff because it was all out <laughs> at the store. To This is if you want to make a mask and wear a mask, this is how you can make one. I've said it since the very beginning. I respect COVID-19, but I don't fear it. And I'm not, I don't want to live my life in fear of anything. Right. And I think it's foolish. You make foolish decisions when um, you make decisions based on fear. So you will take a mask, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in <laughs> fact, um, I, I mean, I was at Home Depot uh, yesterday, and they required a mask. And I'm not, you know, you, you, as, a, you as, a, as a small business owner, that's your right. I believe in personal property rights, and if I need something at your establishment and you're requiring me to wear a mask, I'm not going to cap an attitude over the fact that you're asking me to, to wear a mask. I mean, how is and that frankly, different from wearing a shirt or shoes, too? Well, yeah, but, it, it, but and here's the thing, too, is that, again, this is not about masks. It's about masks and social distancing. Mm-hmm. So tell me what the difference is mm-hmm. between Home Depot and, and church, right? Why? I mean, it's just... The, it's a lot of it doesn't make sense. How can, how can one be right and right. safe and one is not right and safe? It's just, let's well, be consistent. I, I agree with you on that. I mean, a grocery store has always been packed with people, for one example. Oh, my gosh, yeah, it's, <laughs> and, it and is. And that was never closed, right? I would so. say that one is necessary, whereas the other one we can actually do away with doing. I mean, we've been doing virtual church since March. Right. Because our um, our church leader decided to just close it down and just open it in social media. I have Are to you go still to the at su- the Episcopal Church? To, yes, sir. I have to go to the supermarket because I need to get more groceries. I need to go to Home Depot if something breaks in my house. I don't necessarily have to go to church in order to pray to God. I can do it over the Internet, and thank goodness that we can do it over the Internet. The, it's common sense. It all boils down to common sense. And Steve? That, that, so my, my son-in-law is an Episcopal priest. And that was a huge move for the Episcopal Church to do this, right? Because they put a huge value um, on uh, the Lord's Supper. Uh, Hebrews ten twenty six was a, is like a key verse for them. Don't forsake the assembling together. That's a huge issue. And um, I've been involved in a veteran service organization, faith based one, for over ten years. And isolation is killing people. And not experiencing community is a, is a deadly thing. We're made, created to live in community. Uh, one of the things that I so struggle with about this is that all the veteran service organizations that have been life-sustaining to our veterans have been shut down. And so we've basically said to veterans that have PTSD, uh, clinical depression, and substance use disorder, we've said, stay home, watch Netflix, and drink alcohol. We're not telling them to drink alcohol. But the reality, the reality is that we... They're, they're in isolation. They're in, they're they're in isolation. They're in isolation. Yeah. If, you've got a, if you've got a chemical abuse problem or drinking problem and you don't have a support system to help you not drink, you're going to drink. Correct. And that is just a sad reality. And it's something that I'm continuing to hear. Day, anecdotally, I'm hearing stories of leaders that we've looked to in the, in the VSOs for years that have taken their lives. Leaders. It's just, it's just, it, it's, it's so, it's so sad. And um, so anyways. At I, what point do we put on leadership? I think I told you I had volunteered last week 
on Wednesday um, for a nonprofit, a local nonprofit that was actually um, giving food away to people who have been affected right. financially and or otherwise um, by COVID-19. One person had tested positive in, in, right after that. And we've all been warned, you know, that we, we are shutting down, at least for this week, and the people are being, you know, observed. That's in part why I'm wearing the mask, because people are under observation, because we have been exposed. So to, to what point do you also risk uh, the, uh, the well-being and the health of the people who are providing those services? And what about trying to find other avenues so that we can still provide those services? The, the hard part and in this... My, the, and if yeah, I go ahead. No, my, go ahead. My, yeah, I'm uh, sorry. My husband um, helps with the youth group. He is one of the co-leaders of the youth group at our church. They bought a Zoom account, and, you know, they're doing it via Zoom, and they do meet as often as they can, but they are also, you know, we, we have to adjust. This is all new, and we all have to adjust to the unknown. The hard part in this is that I don't know that we're doing a very good job, Republican or Democrat, at listening to the mental health community that's, that is screaming in our ear, this is a problem. So this is Channel 5 Bay Area. Uh, um, they, um, they ran a story in May, late May, saying we saw more suicides in April than they had the whole prior year. And p- people don't talk about suicide, right? If a family member commits suicide, it's, it's kind of an embarrassment. It's kind of something that you just don't want to talk about, right? It doesn't get headlines. That, that People don't, when someone puts a gun in their mouth, or when someone drinks themselves to death, we don't talk about it, right? And uh, I know Ann Snyder and Ju- Judge Wayne Mack have, have really mm-hmm. tried to bring this to the forefront. We've got a problem uh, in South County. We've got a problem in Montgomery County. We've got a problem in America right now. I think that's one of the things Rita Wiltz is working on, too, and with the um, coalition that she's starting up as well. That's right. yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with that, that Rita's starting uh, again, but yes, to yeah. your point, yes, something yeah. needs to be done, and, and, and it's not a sexy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think the whole depression, suicide, mm-hmm. drinking, yeah. um, underage drinking as well. Yes, you know, that's right. um, I'm also with the National Alliance for Mental Illness, and they have been very proactive. The, the, the group NAMI has been very proactive at being there and just opening uh, alternative channels to people so that they actually can have the access to what you know whatever support groups um, they can have because it is true this is different yeah and it is actually not only that but we also have an immigration clinic the fourth sunday of every month and you would be surprised at the rise in domestic violence oh it's, and it's because of you know people just it goes back to community like you said no, well so people, co- yeah, people yeah so covid yeah. covid related uh um sorry, sorry. Uh, abuse the hotlines have been burning up. So Trent did some, uh, my office did some research on it, I guess the, literally the national hotline for um, um, domestic violence has, has risen a thousand percent since, since uh, when, March? Early March? Of la- yeah, mm-hmm. going back, same, same period over last year. It's, it's exploding. But at the same time, too, suicide hotlines are not. They aren't, people are not calling. They're not reaching out for help. And that's the problem with isolation is, is you grow so focused on your hurt and your pain that you don't know, you don't think to reach out. 
even even if you look at Montgomery County's own mental uh, not physical mental health but physical health issue is that in the month of May, Impact Magazine did a story on this. People that uh, people died at home alone uh, of strokes and heart attacks. They never called nine one one because they're afraid of going to the hospital. Right. We had the hospital district on here talking about that, and they That's were right. afraid because of COVID and yes. getting it. And yeah, you need to go. And they were emphasizing. Yeah. You need to go. We got plenty of room for you. Come on. Yeah, yeah they do. <laughs> so we got room. Yep. Um, okay. So we only have a couple minutes left. I think this has been a very productive conversation. And what I'm getting from it, Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter. Be safe uh, and be considerate of others yeah. and what they, they want and their health. You know, um, we're all a part of this, all of us in this community and even outside this community if you step out into houston or other parts in texas rest of the world you know um i do think that we will get it at some point but what degree how bad it hurts us nobody really knows and some of us have more vulnerable um, aspects of your of our lives i mean i have asthma and i'm probably older than both of you (laughs) so you know but then again young people are getting it too so we all just need to be considerate be safe and um if you feel comfortable wearing your mask wear your mask in public i do anything else you two want to add thanks for letting us hang out with you you know yeah so we have steve toth for texas.com again and lorena for texas.com there's some similarities to that go to my go to my (laughs) facebook page i i what Go to my Facebook page. Though. Go Don't to your go to my, Facebook page. If you go to my yes. website, I've got the feed. It's easy to, to Google. Page, Everybody yeah. knows how to do that. That's go on right. the search, find them, ask them questions, and Please. maybe we'll have them both come on the show again, maybe when COVID is passed. So that's all for today. And uh, thank you for listening in. And we will have a YouTube link of this that we will post on Conroe Culture News later on. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you. Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and all rights and ownership are reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. For more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoyed today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.